Good morning, I'm Emily Warren, and I'm excited to share my testimony with everyone today. Uh, so last year, I read through a book called The Little Pilgrim's Progress with my kids. It's an allegorical novel about coming to know Christ. Little Christian, the main character, embarks on a path full of trials and challenges as he risks everything to get to the king, who is Christ. I loved reading the book and watching Christian as he was tested, and he showed his desire to reach the king over and over again. But I didn't relate to it very well, because my journey hasn't been like little Christians. I first knew of God as a child, then I thought I knew and depended on him throughout my adolescence. And finally, in 2020, I realized that I wanted nothing to do with him. My whole life, I've stood on a foundation that was uh, untested. I'm also emotional, sorry. <laughs> and I had one challenge that shook me to my core and made me choose Christ. Before that, it was more of just an expected way to live. It was uh, how my family raised me. It was my uh, grandparents ensuring that I was in Christian school and that I had this foundation. I knew all the answers to Bible trivia and to the Sunday school questions, and I took it for granted that God was always with me. Uh, I knew that bad things happened in the world and that people had hard lives, but I didn't really, I wasn't really affected by that. I didn't feel it very much. Fast forward through high school, a minor eating disorder, the foreseeable death of a grandparent, meeting Mitch, getting married too early for our parents' comfort, and three years in Wheaton, working for a Christian company with lots of support, still with very few trials under our belts. Sure, money was tight because I worked an entry-level job and Mitch studied full-time at Wheaton College, but we had plenty of family support and we were assured help if we asked for it. After Mitch graduated in 2015, we looked for a full-time coaching job and an opportunity came up in Spokane. So naturally, we moved out to Spokane, knowing no one, but excited to move away from our homes and families. And we were looking at an adventure. We were excited for what was coming. And we seemed to exceed what I dreamed about. In Chicago, right before we moved out here, we were licensed as foster parents. Um, and the same day our license came through and we got our first call, Mitch was on the road coming out here. I was a few weeks behind him and I was disappointed that we had to say no to these placements. Once we settled here, we relicensed for foster care, and we had Peyton, Abel, and Sarah. Since having them, we've welcomed about 50 kids into our home over the last seven-ish years, and that's always been a ministry. It's a blessing that we were able to do that, to open our hearts and our homes, and that God blessed us with the resources to do this, and it seemed like a powerful ministry. God was really good. Looking back, it's easy to see his hand moving throughout. He protected our children and strengthened our family as we cared for other kids. There were definitely ups and downs and times that kids were moved, even though we didn't want them to be. But God was in control, so we didn't have to worry about it too much. Throughout all these years, we always attended church. We prayed and asked for guidance and wisdom and struggled with whether or not we should take certain jobs and with not getting jobs that we wanted. But we never had a time that really challenged my faith or made me question God. I was really comfortable with our lifestyle and all of our daily struggles. That was until 2020 when one of our kids was moved. She'd been part of our family for two years as Sarah's best friend, our companion. And the, one of the reasons that we stayed in Spokane, even as we looked at other jobs and wanted to leave, uh, her situation changed after those two years though, and she was moved. For months, I depended on friends and family to get us through. I pulled away from my family. I had a hard time caring for my children. And I was devastated. I was so overwhelmed and so angry at God. I didn't know why he would let this happen. I couldn't think he was good. 
that he would let this loss occur. And I didn't think he cared, because if he did, he would not let somebody go through that much pain. The foundation that I thought I stood on was, it felt like it wasn't there. It felt like all this background that I had, it didn't matter. Knowing the answers didn't help. Standing on the rock, I'm like all the songs say, it, it wasn't there, there was no rock. I was grieving, I was in despair, and I wondered why I was alive in the first place and if my life mattered. I wanted to believe there was no purpose and there was nothing that could justify living through the pain that I was blinded by. My foundation, it was lacking. I realized that my beliefs about God consisted of a God who protected people from bad things and allowed them to prosper as they lived good lives. Somebody who wanted good things on earth for everyone and was gonna make that happen. But in my first trial, I was crushed. Over 20 years of training and verse memorization and mission trips and feeling like I was letting the spirit lead me. And I realized that none of it mattered because I didn't actually believe that God was there and that he would care for us. I searched through books and the internet for hope. I wanted something to make sense, to make me feel like things would be okay, but everything was empty. No author I read and nothing I searched through could explain why a good God would let me hurt so badly. The only exception, the only thing that actually helped were the tears of my friends as they prayed for me. They saw and felt my pain and they still had hope. Their hope gave me hope and continually brought Christ back in front of me, a force to be reckoned with. Throughout my months of grieving and rejecting God, I found comfort in Moses' story. His mother had to give up her baby too. She prayed for deliverance and God's people waited hundreds of years for it. Through everything, they ultimately trusted God's promises and cried out for deliverance. Um, sorry. And God sent Moses to deliver his people. I wanted deliverance just like that. I wanted God to come, come save me too, because I feel betrayed and forgotten, like the Israelites must have. As much as I twisted and squirmed away, God kept pulling me closer, using my husband, my friends, and even my children. And when I finally stopped fighting, I was overwhelmed when I realized that God had also lost his child. But he gave up Christ willingly for our sakes for mine and my children's, to save us from ourselves. And my anger and bitterness and sorrow are not too much for him. He sees me when I cry and hide my tears. He sees me trying to fight and control things that are too big for me. And through it, he's waiting for me to realize that he can't handle it and he's in control and that I can rest in him. Isaiah 40 is one of my favorite chapters and it says, do you not know, have you not heard, the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. Being challenged with loss exposed my weakness and unbelief, and it forced me to reconcile with God. Putting him in his place as ruler and handing over everything to him, I'm no longer afraid of what's coming or how I'm going to make it through. In April of this year, uh, we found out we were pregnant. After 10 years of marriage, it was like a miracle. We were overwhelmed with gratitude and euphoric to be adding to our family. At eight weeks, we decided to tell our families about our miracle baby. We celebrated God's goodness and blessings, but at 10 weeks, we lost him. It was difficult, believing that we were given a miracle and then losing it so quickly, but it wasn't earth shattering. That loss was not as difficult because my foundation and trust had already been strengthened. Some days I think about praying, but I don't. I'm still angry and I have to come back around. Remember where my hope comes from and who gives my life meaning. 
Other days, I feel God's presence as I go about my day, and I'm overwhelmed that he could care for someone like me. But at the end of each day, I'm able to go to bed relieved that God is in control, and he gives my life purpose. I now have a firmer foundation for understanding and facing life, and I don't have to make sense of any event or explain away things or try to figure out why they happen. I can just trust in God to take what I am and use it for his purpose and settle into the comfort of that. Thank you.